To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. G'day there and welcome to the re-wrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a cilia package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning, um, yeah, people dying of being vaccinated, not a good look. Um, did they read the fine print? Were they given the fine print? Um, income insurance, uh, yeah, this is just one that's bubbling along. Uh, another one the government seems to have asked for consultation on and then ignored the consultation. And, yeah, Mike desperately trying to make the Ardoon plane thing a story. But before any of that, uh, Putin, uh, he's, he's put nukes on the table, and uh, nobody likes it. Perhaps not even anybody in Russia. You cannot get a one-way flight out of Russia. It's incredible, isn't it? Uh, this is the end game for Putin, I'm afraid. He's finished. He's toast. How he goes out, we'll talk to... Um, We'll talk to our man Edward Lucas in Britain after seven o'clock this morning. How, how they finish him off, I don't know, but he's gone. Uh, this is you don't start drafting your own people in this way, and they want to get out of the country because suddenly you know the penny drops. They've all worked out that this hasn't gone well, and they might have been you know turning a blind eye to all of this up until now. But when you start recruiting your your your, your sons and your brothers, uh, they're gone. So you can't get a one way flight out of Russia. Three hundred thousand reservists, as the announcement was made late last night. Uh, Call-up would be limited, so they're trying to spin it. The call-up would be limited to those with experience as professional soldiers. Students and conscripts would not be called up. They declined the Kremlin to comment on whether the borders would be closed to prevent people leaving the country. Google Trends data, huge increase in searches at Avia Sales, which is Russia's most popular flight booking site. Direct flights to Moscow. Part of the problem is, of course, you can't be a Russian and go anywhere in the world these days. So Moscow to Istanbul and a place called Yerevan, which is in Armenia, both destinations uh, you can get into if you're Russian without a visa. They're gone, sold out. Uh, places with stopovers, Tbilisi and Georgia, unavailable. Cheap flights to Doha, the cheapest flight to Doha, $7,500, which is five times the average monthly wage. So this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, um, one of the weird things that Putin said today was, I'm not bluffing. Um, and... I feel like when people say they're not bluffing, that's a sure sign that they're definitely bluffing. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not something that you say unless you're bluffing and you want to try and convince people that you aren't. Let's hope he's bluffing, for sure. Right, now, uh, back here, uh, um, yeah, not many people, but... Some people had uh, serious to fatal side effects to the vaccine, of course. Um, That's uh, what happens. I thought everybody knew that, but apparently some people didn't. And if they had, they wouldn't have got it. So... um what can you do? To tell you what, I'm deeply troubled by the death of Rory Nen. Not the first time I've said this on the programme. He was the 26-year-old who died of myocarditis. You'll remember his inquest in Dunedin last month. Now, the coroner issued her findings this past Tuesday. The inquest went ahead assuming he had died, essentially, because of the COVID jab. Her findings now confirm it. That makes Rory just the second person to die as a result of getting the vaccination. The coroner has yet to establish the circumstances of the death, and she still indeed uh, needs to determine if she's going to make any recommendations or comments. But here is what troubles me. Nairn was not warned about myocarditis when he went to get that jab. If you followed the inquest, 
There was a lot of finger-pointing going on between the Ministry of Health and the pharmacist. The Ministry seemed to admit there was material out there to be read, but myocarditis wasn't raised in a way that you would see it as a red flag. The pharmacist implied there was a whole pile of emails flying back and forth every day from multiple channels of government. I mean, in a way, you could see how the whole thing unfolded, which, by the way, is yet another reason we need a COVID inquiry. The whole vaccination programme was so big, so pressured in part, so shambolic, this sort of tragedy was always going to unfold. And that's the part that saddens me most. The vaccine programme was a national pile-on. It wasn't normal like other vaccines or anywhere close to it. Flu comes around every year. You might get a jab, you might not, but that's that. With COVID, you got locked down or booted out of work or locked out of shops or ostracised if you weren't part of the team of five million. The risks around what you were expected to do came a very distant second to taking instructions from the pulpit of truth. The sales pitch was unrelenting. If you want normality, get jabbed. And so Rory did. The inquest heard reluctantly, as it turns out, and for that, he died. Yes, most of us didn't die. Yes, vaccines work. Yes, we did the right thing overall. But, but, we didn't do Rory or his family justice. We didn't do our job properly and we didn't tick the boxes we should. Statistically, he is, of course, one of a tiny handful. Perhaps a price worth paying, some would argue, for the greater public health good. I wonder, though, if those who knew him think so. I sort of feel like he's blaming me a bit there. I mean, I've been telling people to get vaccinated. I still do. I still think people should get vaccinated. I'm a know-nothing bozo. I think I've, I've pretty clearly made it um, absolutely plain English that I don't know anything about anything. I often say that specifically, that I don't know anything about anything. I don't think I've ever claimed to have any medical knowledge, just that I think getting vaccinated is a good idea and that's why I got vaccinated. So, yeah, but again, yeah, do do read the terms and conditions, absolutely. Right, uh, now, uh, sh- should we ensure our incomes? Uh, probably, should we be made to do it? Hmm, trickier question. Sir Grant Robertson's busy confirming yesterday that he is committing uh, committed to passing the legislation to create this income insurance scheme. Yesterday on the programme, I told you about the release of all the submissions. Uh, 2,000 odd submissions from various people, from big businesses, small businesses, people all over the country, just basically all saying this, we don't need the scheme, don't want the scheme, it's a tax, you said there were no more taxes, and then there were the people who said, look, even if you're going to run this scheme, we need to run it differently than the way you're proposing. Despite all of that, Grant Robertson then yesterday commits to passing the legislation before the next election, thus leading you to ask the question, surely, what was the point of having submissions? I mean, it's a scam, isn't it? So we'd like to hear what you think. No, they wouldn't. They couldn't give them monkeys. Still wanted the scheme to cover both redundancy and illness and disability. Wanted it to be funded by levies paid by employers and employees. Now, he did concede most of the submissions in favour of the proposal were from union-adjacent organisations and individuals. Well, no kidding. I wonder why that would be. But actuaries, accountants and lawyers, they're ringing alarm bells about the unintended consequences. More time was needed, they're arguing, to design the scheme. Number of people who will pay into it. The impact it'll have on employment contracts and how they're written. Its effects on mobility in the labour market and all of that. And that's before you get to all the large companies we told you about yesterday that said, look, you know, the freightways. Uh, the supermarkets. We don't lay people off. That's not what we do. We've got a stable workforce. Who are we supporting? You're taking money away from low-wage New Zealanders and making them, forcing them via tax to support other people, other industries that lay off on a regular basis. What's the point of that? You've got successful companies like Freightways who do nothing but grow. They employ more people. They're never going to lay anybody off. You're never going to trigger the insurance. You don't have your choice insurance. Then you've got all the people in the private sector going, well, look, if you insist on doing this, 
at least let us participate, get a bit of competition in the marketplace. So the government, oh, no, absolutely not. So the government of frauds, essentially, what they do is say, here are submissions, we're open to submissions. Everyone submits 2,000 of them, and they then ignore them. All the advice they're given, they ignore that as well, and they're just going to bulldoze ahead and tax us some more. How does that work? And they get away with it. Yeah, I mean, it, just, it does seem to be sort of the modern way of governing. And I wonder, actually, if it's always been this way and we just sort of haven't been as aware of it because there just wasn't the access to all the information that we have now. Um, that, uh, you know, it's always been a ploy of governments to say, hey, we're interesting in what you have to say. And then no matter how interesting what you have to say is, we'll just go and do what we want to do anyway. We'll make it feel like you've had to say. And I, I'm not sure that this is a new thing at all. I, I, I think maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, I'll tell you what's definitely not a new thing is politicians um, being hypocritical about the things they say and then the things that they do. Have a look at the photos that Justin Trudeau posted of his trip with our Prime Minister via his private jet from London to New York. If you haven't seen them, they're side-on photos, one of, the, um, one of the two great leaders across the sort of table you get in a private jet. Perhaps unusually, both are wearing masks. Given the pandemic is over, according to Joe Biden, who said you don't see masks anywhere these days, he clearly hasn't been flying air, Justin. The irony is the feedback on the post, no one sees the masks as anything other than a stunt. Mask theatre is what they call it. Many pointing out that it was the same Justin on Saturday night London time, mid-lobby, possibly drunk, singing his heart out without a mask in sight. So no mask for the sing-along, but by the time they clamber on board the PJ, that's private jet talk for private jet, he needs to be virtually alone in a room with one other person and a photographer complete with COVID protection. His post tells us what they talked about. They reflected on the Queen. Uh, He doesn't mention the karaoke, but then he goes to mention how they talked about climate change and the need to do more and be better and save the planet. I kid you not. He is on his own private jet, having been asked not to fly privately to the wedding, a climate warrior sitting opposite one of the South Pacific's most vociferous climate warriors, drumming up dreams and plans of a clean environment for our kids and their kids, while at the same time laying down about as bad a carbon footprint as you can possibly achieve all by oneself. The word hypocrite not only comes to mind, it is splashed across the post by the vast majority of those who weighed in, probably as gobsmacked as me, that somehow... As they sat there getting photographed together in the worst polluting form of modern transport going, they at no point joined enough dots to work out that what they were doing, what they looked like, what their track record states, and yet what their actions portray are the height of arrogance, hypocrisy, and an extraordinary talent of being tone bloody deaf. I even got around to the spread laid out in front of them. Yesterday I joked about the champagne I shouldn't have. Along with the tray of the first-class private jet-type food are, of course, the glasses of something nice. Could be cocktails, could be avian water, who knows. What I do know is champagne socialists are insufferable, asking us to do as they say, clearly not as they do. I, um, I do... F- oh, how do I say this? I don't care about this story, I just don't. Um, and it's not because I'm, I'm any particular fan of uh, Dern or think that she did the right or the wrong thing. It's just like, it's just like whatever. I had somebody message me last night saying, oh, can you give me the details on exactly what the story is with Dern and Trudeau and what, what, what they did? And so I gave them the details. And, and then as I saw it written down, it was like, you know, Trudeau took his plane from London to New York. Dern was going from London to New York. So she went on the plane with him. 
And it was just like, mm. is, that, is that, that, that exciting? And also, I'm pretty sure Mike, he's turned left on every plane he's been on for about two decades now as well. But I mean, I guess he's never asked other people not to, but I don't know. Can't get excited about this one. Oh, that's a boring way to end the podcast, isn't it? I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, I'll try and do better tomorrow. Uh, there's all sorts of exciting stuff that happens on a Friday, like Mark the Week, for example. That, that, that always, always, always happens unless uh, the Queen of England dies. And uh, I am fairly confident the Queen of England is not going to die tomorrow. Uh, I'll see you then. We'll find out. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.